so good. Now, I know you've just recently slipped your Birkenstocks off. That's right. Uh, you are comfortable. You are ready to podcast. The heater has been on for a little while now. My leg is up on the St. Andrews Wurunga bank vault thing in your office. Yes, the safe has, as part of the building work, I think, moved to the middle of my office, which yeah. makes being here fairly inconvenient. And also a potential um, kind of safety risk. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like... A, a, a safety risk in the most literal sense. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah. Because um, my understanding is that when people rob a bank, you know, they, they go for the vault or whatever. That's yeah. what the movies tell me. Yeah, yeah. Like, because that's where all the cash is. So, presumably, like the safe is in here, which means this would be the targeted area <laughs> of the church were we to be robbed... I don't know if we should be promoting the uh, location. Information. <laughs> There's nothing really in it. Yeah. Because we don't... There's not even any offertory money in it. We're not doing that at the moment. There's nothing in it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. What happened yesterday? Um, I was just a family from down the road. Uh, they came up to um, where our place is and we live next door to my... Um, to my grandparents and there's like no wall between the two houses and there's just kind of these big front yards and we, we heard that we were inside the house Jess and I and we, we heard them playing on the front lawn um, and Was that like you know it's your front lawn were you surprised that some someone was essentially trespassing on your lawn or is that kind of the, the, the vibe well, of the street? Yeah that's the vibe of the street okay. and we know the family and, oh, okay, right. and um, yeah so they had their they've got like three kids and they had their dog and they were just playing, so then we came out, you know, and then our little girl was kind of joining in the fun and just had a bubble wand going and oh. they were all chasing the bubbles and then yes. another family just showed up from the street. Oh, it's a very wow. neighborly sort of environment. And then all of a sudden there were go-karts and scooters and bubbles and someone got a big packet of popcorn and they were all eating the popcorn and it's just oh, a lovely, word. lovely local moment. So, do you think that would have happened if not for physical distancing restrictions? Uh, I think maybe people are hungry for community. Yeah. So, and they look for it in, you know, the local because that's the only place really to look for it. Mm-hmm. So, maybe it was kind of intensified. But I think it's actually quite natural to our street to have those kind of interactions anyway. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but, yeah, I, I think people were especially thankful for it and, and drawn to it because of the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, it just sounds idyllic. Bubbles, popcorn, yeah, scooters, yeah. I mean, that's the new amazing. creation. There it is. All, all that would have completed it would have been a dinosaur. <laughs> if there was a T Rex on the front lawn, that would have made it. New creation T Rex. New who's creation. Gonna, not who's going to eat you? Yeah, yeah, not not a, not a bloodthirsty um, antediluvian T Rex. That wouldn't have been good. Antediluvian. Oh, you know, before the flood. 
Oh, wow. That's a great word. It's so good. If we had a segment that was sort of words of the pod. Yeah. That word should be on it. Antediluvian. Yeah. Speaking of that, we do Do have have a a segment. (laughs) As of today. Yeah. Word of the pod. Yeah, or Welcome. pod's word. Pod's word. Pod's oh, word to you. That only, just, that only just clicked with yeah, me. Yeah, I thought you got it before when no, you were I chatting didn't. about it. <laughs> it's a good pun. I like it. Yeah. So, the word we're looking at today is ontology. Yeah. Can you give us a breakdown of the roots of that word? Yes. It's a Greek compound word which means there are two words stuck together mm. and uh, those um, two words are being and then the the thoughtful um, exploration of that's the second part of the word the ology okay. bit so it's a, it's the thoughtful exploration of being so being. existence what it, what it means um, for something to have existence and and for that for that thing to have being and then what that means for um, how it is in the world. So, what, what that existence looks like. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we know things exist. You know, we interact with things all the time. I've but got a good list of things. Have you got some things? That I've we... got some things. All right. Try this on. Planets, mm-hmm. ice creams, turtles, epic poetry, hurricanes, stationary, black holes, the opera house, human beings, God. All things that are... That have a being, yeah. Is there a unifying exist. is there a unifying theme to that list, or is that just random spewed out things that you thought of? Pretty spewed out. <laughs> Pretty spewed out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so ontology is, I guess, the study of what makes a thing that particular thing, yeah, as distinct from another thing, yeah. And I mean, we well, we, go ahead. Well, yeah, yes, and no. Um, the it's the study of. <laughs> That's part of it, but it's the study of being like this, this question of there are things. Um, that's kind of well, what 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 constitutes being. That's mm. in the first place what it's about. Um, so uh, one philosopher put it like this: that the ultimate aim of um, you know metaphysics, which is another kind of way of saying ontology, is why is there something rather than nothing? Mm-hmm. So, so, so trying to understand this idea of being, but then within that, we will ask questions about well. You know, what's a chair? Um, what's Josh Lewis? What's an iPad? Yeah. And and why this matters, and it's not just, you know, some far removed abstract kind of useless seeming thing, is um, because like what what things are determines what they do, how, how they are. So if you think about a rock, an ice cream, a hippopotamus, mm. and a, a human being, they're all things, they all have being, but they be in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, so a rock is inert, mm. an ice cream melts, a hippopotamus um, frolics in the water and is aggressive, aggressive towards um, intruders into its um, domain. Mm. And, and then a human being is very um, sophisticated, interesting creature mm. um, that differs, you know, from all of those things mm. as, as as well and is capable of, you know, rationality and choice and um, complex relationships and building cities and so on. So just understanding what we are really matters. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do like frolicking in water. And that's true. And if, if something enters my towards. domain <laughs> while I'm frolicking, <laughs> yeah. I could become yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, word of the day. Ooh, no, we're not calling that. Pod's word, ontology. Reason we chose that today is because there's an ontological difference between non-Christian and Christian. That's what Ephesians has been telling us. Yeah. And so there's a couple of different ways or three ways that Ephesians sort of expresses this in the passages we've been looking at. The first one is the idea of being a new person, recreated and being different to the old person. There's actually a, a, a difference of, of being between old and new. Yeah. And some of this language has um, kind of crept into common use. So we will say in a former life, mm. for example. Mm-hmm. And it means that uh, previously in my life, I used to do such and such a thing or whatever, or I was interested in whatever. Now I don't. So in, in this life, you know, in, you know as, as things are now, um, I'm a different kind of person. I'm interested in different things to do different sorts of things. So there's a kind of a connection between former life, former way of life, mm. new life, new ways of living. Former life, I think people often use in relation to a past career, particularly. Yeah. Uh, almost as if, you know, in a former life, I was a teacher. and I that- was a donut maker. <laughs> Were you? No. Oh, okay, I wasn't a teacher. No. <laughs> no, no, but like the things like um, that almost define people's identity in a way. Like in, in my former life, I was this other type of person. Now I'm some other type of person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what this idea is getting at, right? Mm. Old life, completely different to a Christian's new life. Second kind of image that Ephesians uses here is child of God. And a dearly loved child. Yeah. And this one is one that in some ways is pretty obvious. Yeah. Drawn from the language of a family. So yeah. everyone is a child. That's that's how we come into the world. We're a, we're a child. So there are, there are parents that are involved in, in our creation. And you don't stop being a child. So my baby girl, Zoe... She is, um, she's my child. She's my daughter, and and that's she will remain that. Mm. That that that's the that's the the fact of her being is that um, she she's my child. That's the rela- a permanent sort of relation, yeah. relational dimension to her identity, and this applies to our relational identity to God in Christ. Is that um, once we're a child of God, that that's simply who we are, and 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 nothing really changes or can shake that fact. And yeah, what I yeah. also love about um, this verse, Ephesians 5, 1, as it says, we're a dearly loved child of God. And that is just as permanent, that love, us being um, in God's care and receiving his affection is just as permanent as the fact that we're a child. Mm. So just as Zoe won't stop being my daughter, so I won't stop being God's child mm. and he won't stop loving me. Mm. Mm. It's it's like, it's kind of the relational aspect of, of being. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a friend though, because that doesn't relate to your your being yeah. because you can come and go with friends. There's an element of choice with that. Yeah. yeah. But with a child, you, you, that's just born related to it. who you are. Yeah, you're born into it. It's and simply that's, who you are. That's yeah. who a Christian is, a child of God. And then the third, um, the kind of third identity statement that we're considering is the fact that we are light. So in Ephesians 5, 8, Paul doesn't say, you know, be like light. He says... Um, or you are like light. He says you are light. Mm, like light this is in the Lord, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to, and he says, you were once darkness. Mm. That's a very stark difference, isn't it? Yeah, as stark as day and night. 
just it's you know the sun and the moon they're just complete they're just different things yeah entirely different things and you might not think when you look at two people one who's a christian one who's not a christian one who is in christ one who isn't that the difference is that stark Mm. but that's what paul's trying to get us to realize yeah that beneath the surface there is actually a hugely stark difference and and why these um identity statements matter so much is because uh, as we sort of touched on in the pods word um it's great segment our, our identity determines our action and and the bible insists on this as well mm. and and so it's really um concerned for us to know who we are before it um encourages us to live in accordance with who we are we've got to be clear on the what we are who we are before we even think about any action undertaken as 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 such a person mm-hmm. yeah because the danger is that we think the christian life is about do's and don'ts mm. rather than about this is who you are so live that out mm-hmm. so new person dearly loved child of god and light light in darkness How does this relate to, I guess, applying stuff from sermons, the Bible, to our lives? Well, one area I was thinking about um, is uh, selfishness, mm-hmm. right? So, I, th- I think the opposite of love mm. is selfishness. And, and why I think that is, you can look at a passage like Ephesians 5, um, the beginning, and um, you read there that we're dearly loved children of God, mm-hmm. and Paul says, be imitators of God, and then... What, what do we get? We get a description of Jesus giving himself yeah. for us. As a sacrifice. As a sacrifice. Yeah. So, so love is always about um, blessing someone else. Mm-hmm. It, it, it flows out from you to someone else. That's what love is. Whereas selfishness is um, not doing that, mm. not, not being concerned to, to care for the other person, to, to, to bless them in some way, to act for their benefit. Um, and reflecting on my own life, a really clear example of selfishness that comes to mind is, um, I'm referencing babies again, but um, <laughs> in the sort of early days of when, uh, you know, uh, our little girl was um, growing up, you know, very early months. And um, it was m- my job to do um, the, like, settling during the night. Sounds fair enough. Yeah, because Jess was doing so much. Yep. And, and I remember distinctly one time, I was feeling so tired. And like Zoe was screaming in the middle of the night and I pretended to be asleep mm. so that Jess would go and settle Zoe so I wouldn't have to do it. Oh, Even though it was my job, you know, and I'd said, this, I'm happy to do this. This is what I'm going to do mm. to be helpful and loving. Um, so love wouldn't have looked like anything romantically heroic or whatever. It would have simply been, I'm, this is what I've said I'd do. This is how I can bless Jess mm. and care for her. Is I can, I'm going to let her rest while I go and settle the baby. Mm. So... Um, if I had um, realized in that moment, who, who am I? God loves me deeply. What does it mean to, to love? It looks like to, um, to give myself for, for someone else, to mm. make good on what I have said I'll do to bless them. Yeah. And then, then it might have been a different result. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, um, it does put you out doing that because you want to be sleeping. So, you're, you're feeling better the next day. And it's only a small thing, but it is a cost to you to do that. The thing I love about that story, or that's quite, I guess, informative about that story, I think, is that often people don't know which decision you make. So, I mean, presumably, if you'd not... uh, Have you told Jess about that? 
Well, you think so, yeah. Oh, I think I have. <laughs> she knows now. Yeah, well, it's out there. Uh, yeah, but selfishness can be very secret. You could have just gone to uh, pretend to be asleep and she would have just assumed you were asleep and that would have been the end of that and there would have been no other consequence. Mm. But as a new person, as a dearly loved child, that's not who you're made to be. Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, and and just on that, the idea of... um. Like our our actions, our actions don't um, our actions don't define us, mm. um, but they do reveal us. And so there's something grossly inappropriate about me as a Christian performing actions which um, actually betray who I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I I can't you know in a sense act myself out of my Christian identity like talking about I'm a child of God. That's that's not subject to change. But what it means to be a child of God is, in in a really strong way, to express God's love mm. in in the way I act. So when I don't do that, as in that example, it's um kind of a, an identity betrayal. Mm. Yeah, I always find that it often does. Um, I guess hit you most often and most hard in the small decisions, mm. those tiny moments that you can get away with, but you got to let yourself not let yourself get away with them. Because that's the only way that you you grow and you, I guess, fill the shoes or kind of feel comfortable in the skin of your new identity Mm. is to walk in them. Yeah, and I suppose that's where we wanted to um, kind of finish this thing is thinking about um, what it means to, you know, apply scripture or uh, apply a sermon to ourselves. I think um, something that I can do that is unhelpful is just to think exclusively in terms of do's and don'ts. So Mm. I'm doing this thing, I should do more of it, or I'm doing this thing, I shouldn't do it, or I'm not doing this thing, I should do it. And just to kind of reduce the Christian life to assessing my actions along those kinds Mm -hmm. of, that, that kind of basis. Whereas, um, what I want to encourage myself and, and maybe others to do is to think about the idea of applying your identity. Mm. You know, thinking, okay, this is who I am. What what does that mean now? This is who I am. Therefore, how should I act? Rather mm. than, you know, um, just just thinking exclusively in terms of the actions separate from from who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good note to end on, Jono. Thank you for being with us again here on Everyday Androvian. Were you? Like smiling when you said for being with us on Everyday Ah. Enjoyment. Was that entirely... uh, That was unintentional. I wish it was more intentional. I I thought I saw like in the the, the corner (laughs) of your smile or something a suggestion that, hey, look what I'm doing here. Oh, man. I wish I had. Song credits to Neo Rose.